Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Lion's Den. I'm your host, Seth, one of your hosts, and I want to welcome y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time checking us out, make sure you go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook so your comments can be posted and so we can get them on up in there. Hey, hey, what's up? What's up? What's going on? How you feeling? How you feeling? And of course, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without you and my crew. Right on. So we got Big Will. What's going on, bro? Hey, what's going on? What's going on, my dude? Glad, so glad to be back in the building. And shouts out to everybody that's out here doing what they do. But I got to tell you to be safe. As they said, or what, what, what special was that? The vid, it ain't nobody's joke. Right. The boy, it's just now getting over it, still going through those motions. So I'm back in the building to say be smart, be safe, and do what you got to do to survive. But, hey, glad to be back with my brothers. Looking forward to another great show. And just know it's some great information. So stay tuned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yo, Larry, what's going on, bro? How you feeling? Hey, hey, man. You know, it's another great day to start off the week. With the Lions, then you know I was uh had the pleasure of watching some legends fight yesterday. <laughs> you can say what you want to say, but it was, it was good entertainment. Oh, right? oh, you 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 talking about uh Nate Robinson? Is that the dude no, that hit the ground? Nate, is, is that the dude? Legend. What was that all about? Man, jeez, was that like three minutes and ping ping ping? That was like a uh man, like a street fighter like combo, and he hit it hard like face first. <sighs> Face, face, somebody not, told him, somebody trained him wrong. He didn't brace himself, fight, uh, brother, man, but he took <laughs> it all to the face. Like, how you take it to the face like that? And I mean, connect everywhere. It, it's all for a good cause, though, you know what I'm saying? With the Tyson Roy Jones, though, I, I appreciate that. It was for a good cause, humanitarian reasons, so. Yeah, to those brothers for putting that on. Most don't, definitely. Don't, don't beat my dude up, man. And that is going nuts. Like, quit beating our people up like that. The man got knocked out. He's a basketball player. What the hell y'all expect? Yo, hold on. It's hey, his man, damn fault. Was... Who told him to, to put the ball down and pick up some gloves? You did? Hey, well, so, for a good call. Hey, well, listen. Well, look. Hey, hey, sometimes you get knocked out for some change. Hey, well, look. Check this out. He got his ass <laughs> beat. forever. Yeah, forever. Hey, well, look. Before we get into that, into our show, you know we got to take some time out for our sponsors, y'all. Check this out. If y'all need your credit right, make sure you... Holler at somebody that know what they're doing, right? Tracy Brown, she is the guru. She will give you 850% of her effort. You dig it? Make sure your credit is right. So I highly encourage you, give her a call. She's a retired vet, so she's still serving and want to make sure you know what you're doing as far as financial literacy and just getting your credit right. So give her a call, number 618-560-3687. One more time. 618-560-3687. Give Tracy Brown a call. Right on. All right, y'all. So it's, it's, it's about that time, y'all. Listen, we're going to be talking about foster children and, and being a foster parent and knowing the difference between the whole nuances. But it takes a big heart and a, a, a willing 
individual and it takes a lot of love to take care of kids especially the kids that doesn't really quite understand what true love is so the den i want y'all to help me welcome miss ashley davis in the building how you doing ma'am I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, oh, all right, all right, all right. So, tell us a little bit about you and and how did you get to this place? Um, so as you know, my name is Ashley. Um, I was in the military. I was medically retired in 2006. <laughs> From there, I entered corporate America. Decided that I need to go back to school. Went to school. Got a degree. From there, I did a little, I guess, different jobs. And I decided to embark on like a childhood dream that I had, um, which was becoming a foster parent. At the time, I didn't know I was gonna be an uh, adoptive parent, but um, I just decided to do that. So in 2018, that's what I did. I just I embarked on that journey. Okay, well, kudos to you. And ladies and gentlemen, if it, Hopefully you're sharing this. I'm asking you, please share, share, share. And let us know where you're at. Hashtag this where I'm at, my state or whatever. But let us know that you're sharing this. This is some good information because you never know who is interested in helping out by getting kids and, and things like that. What you got, Will? First off, hey, thanks for being on the show, Ashley. And thank you for your service. Hey, anytime it's worth that appreciation. Now, as being a foster parent, adoptive parent, what was your motivation to even want to go that direction? Because I'm quite sure you watch the news like me and some of these kids off the chain. What gave you that that, that motivation to step out on faith? Um, uh, Actually, I got the motivation when I was about four or five years old. I used to sit in a chair with my great-grandmother, and I would watch the news with her. And there was a segment called A Home, a home of Our Own. And they will have a, a kid that they featured that was up for adoption. I know that now, but before I just thought, you know, I didn't exactly know what it was. I just knew that the kids didn't have parents and they needed a new family. And so I remember seeing that segment all the time. And when I was like, you know what, one day I'm, I want to help those kids. I'm going to help those kids when I get older. So that was my motivation. It's beautiful. That's, That's beautiful. awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And right. in your experience, so you're motivated four or five years old. You was mature as hell at four and five years old. Let me tell you that first and foremost. <laughs> but as time as time went on, what was it like your first experience with your first kid? What was that like? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back before I answer that question because um, I really thought that you had to be married. To be a foster parent, I thought you had to have like this extreme amount of income. So even when I, in my late 20s, I wanted to do it, but I never actually took the time to look into it. So what happened was about two years ago, I, I just, I said, I was at home away from work, like on a vacation. I had the time. I said, let me look this up and see. So I, I looked up. The, the requirements to become a foster parent. And what I found out was that you didn't have to have an extreme amount of income. You just need enough income to uh, take care of yourself. So that's one of the requirements. And then the next 
thing about it was you can be single. You didn't have to be married. You don't have to be, and that's that's either man or woman. You could be single. You just need enough money to take care of yourself, a stable roof or environment, and just go in and do the background work. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. What you got, All right, Miss Miss Ashley? I'm gonna ask you just so we can clarify terminologies around here, what is the difference between being a foster parent and adoption? Because sometimes those terms get used interchangeably and they shouldn't. Okay. So a lot of people get that those terms mixed up. So the first thing is when you become a foster parent, there's different ways to be certified. You don't always have to go through, um, down here is DCFS. Some form of DCFS is the, the, the your state, your local government's, uh, department, but fostering the number one initiative to become a foster parent is to know that when you foster a child, the, the, the goal is to reunite that child with their either biological parent or biological family. So when you foster a child that is not meant don't don't get it in your mind that this is going to be my child. You're basically providing a safe space for a child until their parent is able to work out whatever situations they have going on or until a family member is able to become certified to take that child. So that's that's what fostering is. Fostering is you you're taking on a child that will be initially the thought is that child will be re- reunited with the family. Mm-hmm. Now, when you adopt, when you adopt a child, that is when the child has been placed in your home for a certain amount of time. Um, there's no plans on reuniting the child with the family, and the judge has released the child to be adopted. And then from there, you go through the adoption process. You go to court and you give the child your last name. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, look, that sounds like a whole lot of whole lot of uh, processing and things to know the difference between, which is good. And again, I want to congratulate you for being willing to do this. And shout out to the to our um, viewers and listeners out there. Look, it's not easy. And I almost forgot too. Shame on me. I know he's going to holler at me about this, but I can't forget about my man, uh, Big Herm. Right? He wasn't able to make it today. Uh, has some things going on, but. No, no qualms about it. He's always with us like the rest of the den. Right. Because we're getting it in. But he had a good, good question he wanted me to ask. So it says in 2019, he said 2019, 400,000 children were living in foster homes and around 120,000 available for adoption. So I guess the question is, why do you think the numbers are so high and do you feel like they're going to go higher? So what do you think about that? I definitely feel like they're going to go higher because um, I read an article where they were basically saying, and I want to say the past 10 years or the past three years, the numbers have like increased a certain, a certain percent. So they're definitely going to go higher with, uh, especially with the drug usage. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of kids that's um, coming into foster care because their parents are, you know, strong are, are addicted to drugs. So that's one thing. Um, now the numbers for the one hundred something thousand kids that's available for adoption, 
this this is crazy, but I had uh, an adoption worker tell me that well, she had just moved from one unit. She used to work in CPS where they come, they go and they take the kids, they remove the kids from the home. Mm-hmm. And then she um, started in a new department, which was the adoption side. And I asked her how she liked it because I know it was a, a total difference in taking a child and then, you know, bringing a child to a family for, for forever. So she said it was really easy. She, she basically said the workload was easy, extremely easy. And... Um, she said, you know, and I said, it's extremely easy. I figured you would be busy. And she said, no, we're not busy because nobody wants to adopt a child. So mm. why is it, I guess there's more people who foster, but less likely to adopt. Mm. And then another qu- another thing about that is a lot of kids, a lot of the older kids, the teenagers and stuff like that, they don't necessarily want to be adopted, but they do want to be placed in a home where they feel like it's their forever home. Because a lot of the teenagers know that they're making a transition, they're going to college and stuff like that. Um, you know, and 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 y'all, hopefully y'all can dig this. And shout out to those out there that have had homes, right? And, and grew up in a, a family of two or even one or just their own family, right? But... You have to understand not everybody has that luxury. And just think about those children. It's like that's all they want. That's all they want. And whatever the situation is or whatever the situation was, it was in a um, an environment that was not loving. Right. And so I just ask you to really think about it. Think about if you have a heart for a home for a child. And if that if you think that that's something that you can do. Right. And it, you, you, I don't know, it's kind of hard because I, I'm, I'm feeling convicted. The reason why I say this and, and hey, look, I'll be 100 percent honest. I don't like little kids. Right. I think when they come out and they get little they, they, a certain size, they just they just look funny. You get what I'm saying? But then I, I can mess with them when they're around, you know, 12, 13, you know, then, then they right. But when then this this little weird stage like, uh, go over there, go somewhere else. But. It's still love there and everyone wants to be loved. So I, I really do commend you on what you're doing. And and those of you out there that's questioning if this is something that you should do, you should go and do it. All right. Yeah. Go ahead, Larry. Yeah. So talking about adoption, though, uh, adoption is pretty expensive, too. Like It's not something you can just walk into courts and do and sign your name. Uh, can you talk? Do you can you speak on the adoption process versus the uh, fostering piece of the house? Because I know for me, I have a stepson that I was looking into adopting. You know, but when I looked into the, the legal legality of it, it's like I didn't realize how expensive it was to to adopt a child. Like it's really not a game out here. It's, it's it costs a pretty penny to do so. It it is. Well, not see. I adopted from the um, DCFS. So from the state level. So it didn't cost me a dime. When you when you adopt from private agencies, that's where it gets costly. And to be honest with you, I'm not a fan of that because I just feel like that's just a money thing. And I don't particularly care for that. Also, um, some people don't want to adopt be, um, from the foster care system because they feel like the kids are damaged, troubled, and um, and it's not necessarily that way. Um, 
But from the foster care side, what what happens is when you foster a child from from your local government, when the child becomes free for adoption, they will foster care will give you a stipend. I'm I'm, I'm going to throw out maybe I want to say like twenty five hundred dollars. From there, when it goes to adoption, the adoption worker will set you up with a lawyer. They have like certain lawyers around the around your city or state that they work, I guess, for a lower fee to do the adoption processes. So basically, foster care is going to give you a stipend to cover that lawyer, and that lawyer is going to handle all the paperwork. So you you basically the only thing I paid for was uh, I want to say twenty five dollars for a new birth certificate, and then the lawyer is going to reimburse that. So like when you adopt from your local um, government or DCFS, you're not going to, there's no cost because they're really trying to place these kids in a home. Man, that's a big deal. You, you talked about some people seeing kids and saying they're going to be problem to problem children. I'm not sure if you're familiar with a Facebook group called F them kids. <laughs> and I know a lot of these kids that these parents are talking about are in actual homes. They're not in adopted families, and they kids off the chain anyway. So I'm going to prejudge because some of y'all kids jacked up too. Mm-hmm. More so, I want to talk through your personal experience, and I don't know if you've ever gone through this, but you bring a kid into your household, you establish that bond, that rapport, and then that kid's biological family comes to, into the picture to take that kid on breaking that connection has to be hard because it is so the first thing when you i didn't answer all your first your question you asked me at first when you asked me about my first child okay she was off the chain but she was just four years old (laughs) she was four years old see um, see you wanted to kick her didn't you you wanted to kick her (laughs) didn't you I remember she walked in here. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll get back to that. But the <laughs> next part, when you talk about when a biological, actually, my second adopted, my second adopted child, she was actually removed from my house, and um, she, are you there? Okay. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> yeah, she was actually removed from my house. Um after six months because she went back with the bio family mm. and oh it broke my heart because I just oh my goodness I, I, I won't tear up right now but it broke my heart because because of her situation and all the work and time that I put in and she went back home which is you always got to remember reunification is the, is the goal so she finally was able to go back with family members and I kept in contact like I kept in contact all the time I mean, I kept in contact to the point where she was at my house every other weekend for a week. Like, she was still here. But um, there were some issues when she went home. She was very young, but there were some issues when she was when she went home. Like, she didn't, she had got, I guess she got used to being here, so she wouldn't sleep. You know, certain things. She had a little attitude sometimes. And uh, when I would go get her and bring her back, she would just sleep, just sleep all the time, I guess, making up for rest. And what I found out, because a lot of the kids have to go through, uh, you know, therapy, behavior therapy, mental therapy. And what I found out is when a, when a kid is not comfortable, they don't sleep at night. Mm. You see, and that's what I was going to kind of talk about. But w- from your experience, 
how does it feel knowing that it's a possibility that a child can go back to their biological family and go in, into back into the worst situation? I guess a situation that actually put them in the care, right? It, like, it, has there ever been a time when you you've you've received a child and the child came, you know, even either emotionally broken, physically broken, or whatever the case it is, and you knew that it was a chance that that child could actually go back to that that family? Has that ever happened? Yeah, with the same child. I mean, but she wound up coming back three months, and um, three months after she left, she wound up right back, and then from there. It was like immediate adoption, um, but you you gotta think about the reasons the kids came in foster care, and that's another reason why those numbers always go up because um, the parents, especially I'm gonna say with drug drug abuse or or neglect um, neglect drug abuse or, or physical abuse, when you have like situations like that depending on why the parent is going through what they're going through, if they don't continue to seek help after they get their children back, it's going to be like a repeating cycle. It's going to be a repeating cycle of things. And so with her, it was, it was pretty much that. And it was, it was, it was a little chaotic. So, you know, when she was here for six months, we got in therapy. She was doing well, she's eating well you go back and you go back into a cycle. And then when you get them back, it's, it's work. Mm-hmm. It's work. But I mean, when you treat the child right, if they do come back, they're kind of just going to fall right back in place. But it's emotions there. And the child doesn't have to be like eight, nine, 10 years old to feel emotions. I'm talking about you're seeing a child go through emotional turmoil at two years old, at four years old. You know, a child suffering with PTSD at four years old. Do you know? Do you know what that looks like? Mm. And you know what? And, and you make a good point about that because that rolls into my next question about the mental uh, uh, capacity you have to have in dealing with some of these foster kids because they come in into the system for various reasons. You know, it could be drug abuse. It could be a sudden death. It could be abuse in general, neglect, whatever the case may be. So it's like a two-part question. I'm, I'm, I'm known for those and self-hated, but I love it, right? <laughs> because so you know what's going to happen. Though. Look, so make sure you listen because you might forget <laughs> the one of them. So, so it, it's going to tie together, right? One, do you have a group, whether it's social media or a physical group, when it comes to fostering and just preparing somebody to get into this system or get into this game, so to speak. And two, can you talk about what it takes to be mentally prepared for what you don't know what you're going to inherit okay. when it comes to these kids? Okay. So I don't, I don't, I don't have a group. I did. I, I went on a search on Facebook and I joined groups, but then again, it, it was groups that I told you that I, I don't care, particularly care for because it was groups that I don't want to, I don't want to adopt from the DCF uh, system. I'm looking for private adoptions. I mean, this was groups where women who are pregnant can go on this group and people who are looking for um, uh, children, they can meet up with these people and adopt privately. And so I don't have any groups to recommend, but I am, I can definitely start one. 
if people are interested in it, uh, that would help out. And then the second part is, what was the second part? See, told you, I told you, I told you. Being mentally prepared to adopt some of these kids. Mm -hmm. You can't get me, let me tell you, I thought I had it all figured out, okay? I was like, yeah, I'm gonna help these kids, they're gonna love me. No, you will not be mentally prepared or none of it. I, I think if you're if you're a parent already, you might be mentally prepared. But for me, I don't have any biological children. I thought I had it all down packed. I was not mentally prepared, especially <laughs> Big Will. When you talk about my first adopt adopted child, my first foster child, no, she came in here. She was a G. She walked in the door. She was four years old. I'm talking about. She was shorter than the windowsill. She came in with all her bags. She wanted to hold her bags, and I was just like, hey, how you doing? You want me to hold your bag? She was like, no. <laughs> you know? So See? Like, kick her. You got to kick them in the throat, you know? <laughs> but you don't want to be too happy. Right. You know, because these children are taken away from a, from a home. With her, she was actually in foster care a year before I got her, and she had been in, like, they told me five different homes before she got to me. Damn. At four years old. So, I mean, she had she gone she had went through a lot. And just think about it, four years old, what a child is thinking every time they get placed in a different a different home. Right. So um I was like, okay. So I said, Well look, your room right back there, you could go walk and see your room. She just walked in. And when I remember when she got to the, the door seal, I said, Look, look this way. And she turned and she looked and she said, oh, this is my room. Mm. Like that just oh my goodness, that just melted my heart. That just melted my heart. But she was so tough. She's still tough. <laughs> She's still tough. That's dope. That's dope. What that's and I'm glad to hear that. And I think it's the little things, right? Because kids are still kids, you right? They're still kids. But everyone give a shout out to Miss uh Shalita. She said, she asked, do you always get a full history of the child's welfare before they are placed in your home? That's a good question. Or do they kind of hide out, say, oh, this is an angel. Then you find out, you know, I'm talking about they over there selling your stuff, you know, and like, <laughs> do, so do you find out things about them or what? You do. You do. Oh, it's yeah, a butt. Is it a butt? Huh? Is it a butt? You don't find out everything. It's, it's definitely a but because there's some things that they know, but they, I guess the DCFS worker, the foster care worker cannot immediately tell you, mm -hmm. um, or they may not just, it may not been, some things are not verified, so they can't technically say that to you. So there are some things, they might give you a head up, they might, uh, so like in one case I asked, well, why, why has this child been in so many different homes? I was like, is it just that the foster care parent schedules was off or was it her? And one of the workers was like, it's her. So it had me thinking like, uh oh, what I got here. <laughs> but um, but um, they'll tell you that. The best way to find out most information about, the, about why the child was in the home and you can kind of paint your own picture, if you go to every single court case, that's when it all, that's, you're going to get everything. Mm. You're going to get the police report. You're going to get any kind of details that the judge is going to ask, especially if the parent is present in the, in the courtroom. 
the judge is going to ask and the parents or whoever is going to answer. So that's where you get most of your information. But it's a lot of information you don't get. You don't get family history. Got you. Got you. Okay. Okay. Woo. Hey, well, look, look, ladies and gentlemen, hey, hopefully y'all are understanding this and, and you're getting this in, especially if you are a foster parent or if you're interested in becoming one. I think it's huge. And shout out again to you, Miss Ashley. So, ladies and gentlemen, take some time to share, 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 share this, please. And we're going to take some time out for our sponsors. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Monique Slater is a top negotiating, award-winning real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building generational wealth through home ownership while providing exceptional service with integrity and excellence. Although her heart is for serving first-time homeowners and the military community, her clientele ranges from $100,000 to $2.5 million. Monique has developed an awesome team that can get individuals into a home. Mention you heard this ad on the Lion's Den with Seth and get a $500 rebate from Monique at closing. After servicing in the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S. And your referral will get a special gift card from Monique. If you're in the San Antonio area or relocating there, give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Her number is 210-237-7268. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice, succulent, southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill, where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism, and love. Located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618 618- Four one six five seven zero zero, and that's inside Scott VFW Post four one eight three. And they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions Den sent you. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Seth with the Lions Den. Are you or someone you know looking for a tool to help them be more accountable? Check out the Black Collar Mindset, the Art of Strategic Thinking. It's a manual to help maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable every step of the way. Go to theblackcollarmindset.com to grab your copy today. Again, the website is theblackcollarmindset.com. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Let's get it together. All right. All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back to the Lions Den. Hopefully you're enjoying this. And we this is a dope, dope, dope show. We're talking about a heart for a home. And we have the fabulous Ashley Davis in right all the way from uh, Louisiana, baby, from 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 the New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? Hey, and look, and so what she's doing is everybody. She's informing us on the nuances, if you will, with the the foster care and what it actually looks like to be a foster parent and and, and all of that. But passing it back over to Will. Go ahead, brother. 
Hey, Miss Ashley, you talked about them divulging a full story, and you say records sometimes get bought out in those court cases. Your four-year-old had a record. Let's, let's clarify that. <laughs> I, had a, I had a record already? Yes, she had a record. She had a record. She had a record. Um, ooh, all, I, all I can say is about her is that when she got here, she was comfortable. She was able to let a lot of guards down. Um, a lot of things changed, like instantly, like behavior. Her behavior just, it did a total 360. Um, when a child is not feeling loved, that, that's a big thing. They just want to feel loved, wanted, needed, and live a, like a regular kid's life because, you know, a lot of these kids don't even have toys. You got to think about it. If, if, a, if a parent is neglectful, they don't buy toys. They don't, they don't celebrate holidays. They don't nurture. Mm. So it's a lot that you don't think about when you see a five-year-old. You, you assume a five-year-old knows the difference between a basketball, football, baseball. You know? You assume they know that you don't hit your friends. And they don't. If nobody ever taught them that, they don't know that. I mean, I, I had <laughs> preschool. Let me tell y'all a story. Preschool was a, it was a challenging for us. I had to go to the preschool like almost once every week. I remember my first visit, I had to hide. I was hiding behind the little cubbies and the kids was outside and I went in and I hid because the teacher said, look, I can't, I can't teach the class. Can you come in, Ms. Davis, to see? So I'm hiding behind a little cubby, everything small in preschool. And I'm watching this little short little baby going around, pushing everybody, get out my way. She cutting the lines. She, she want water. She cutting everybody. She pushing them. I'm just like, oh my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Thugged so, out. Just thugged out. Just what she... And then she turned around and she see me. She was like, oh. so another thing the teacher was like, uh, and, and then a lot of those kids, they look for attention. So when a child looks for attention, they're going to get it by, you know how they say uh, um, bad publicity is good publicity? It's kind of like that. And when they're looking for attention, it doesn't matter. They'll do something wrong to get their attention if they feel like they're not, their needs not being met. So the teacher was like, she doesn't know her colors. You know, I give her her color test, and I was like, she knows all her colors. So she sat there with me in the classroom, and she took it to the desk, and she gave her the color test again. When she came back, she said, Miss Davis, she knows all her colors. I said, I know. You know, but they look for attention, so they'll act out. But when she got into my care, it was a 360 change. We When we went to, like, a DCFS, they always do Christmas parties for the kids. Um big Christmas parties and like uh, sponsors come in and you make this wish, this wish list. And I'm talking about, they throw down, these kids get all kind of toys. Shout outs to the sponsors that do that. That's, that's big. And, um, everybody who's seen her, even the people who I met a lady who temporarily had her and she was like, is that such and such? And I'm like, yeah, she was like, Oh my gosh, she looks so good. She's so well behaved. Like, I mean, this was the kid that would break your TV. <laughs> You'll kick your TV and break it. So, I mean, I, I know I know that my house was the perfect house for her. 
and maybe that, maybe that's the issue. Some people, some kids are placed in places where it's not suitable for them. Yeah, I appreciate that, but make sure you don't put your TV on the floor. That's too close for comfort, right? <laughs> the, the, the next part is, is you know, me and Larry had this mentality. We old school. We believe in whooping kids' ass. But at 40 years old, I had to understand that that's not always the answer. No, it's you not. Gotta, you got to connect with them here and here because that, that pain is going to go away, but that pain they feel here is forever. So I had to really think about that. I was grew up on getting my ass whooped, so it was just almost normal. You do something, beat your ass. Right. But that's not that's not the case. You have to actually connect with that kid and force that relationship to see actually what's going on with them up here. Because you can whoop them all day, but it's not gonna change their actions. Right. So when you start seeing them change that action, you have to change how you're dealing with it. I think as parents, we need that education. Because just because it worked back then don't mean it's going to work in 2020 because this is a totally different beast these days. Right. So I know we, I asked you that question. Do you whoop your kids? And you're like, no, I don't do it. But you so know, what you do. I'm, I'm going to say, because you know, I'm a product of whoopings too, but I didn't get that many whoopings because I was afraid to get hit. So I think when a parent incorporates a whooping, you, you, you have to nurture your child. Otherwise, that's not going to work. You know, if, you, if a child, if a, any child is not getting nurtured, love, positive affirmations, a whooping is not going to work for them. So in a case where you get a foster child that comes from a physically abusive household, what are you going to do to that? That child is so immune to a whooping, it's nothing. So with one of my kids... I guess never had toys. Just, I don't know what they were doing in the house, just randomness. So when it came to a point where I had to start, you know, putting my foot down, I was like, go, okay, go sit in the room and you can't play with the toys. Just like that. It didn't matter. Because they ain't never had no damn toys. <laughs> it didn't matter. I'd be like, okay, well, you can't get no TV. It didn't matter. You know? <laughs> So that wasn't working, but what I what I did was I, I loved her, kind of spoiled my babies. Whatever they want, they get. So she started to she started to have things that I was able to take away. But the biggest thing was time out in the corner. I don't know why for her. I don't know why that was the hardest. I guess because she felt isolated. Isolated. Mm-hmm. Get your chair, face the corner. You stay in the corner in a room where you can't even hear anybody else. She didn't like that isolation. So I got that act right. <laughs> she started to act right. <laughs> you to mess around him. Yeah, she put that baby in the hole. Goodness right. gracious. See, now, now I can take away the TV. She is it's gonna it, it hits differently gotcha. now. You know, I can take away the toy. It, it hits it hits differently now. Gotcha. Thank you. All right, Miss Ashley. There we go. We got a question for you. Do you have to take a lot of classes and certifications before you can adopt or become a foster parent? Okay, I want to say I took eight classes. I, okay, so you could either become a foster parent, a certified foster parent, or you could become a certified foster and adoptive parent. And you want to do the adoptive thing. It's just like one extra class or something like that. But yeah, I had to take, I want to say eight classes. They're, they're easy. There's like no test. You don't take a test. 
You just basically go over what is gonna what is gonna look like when you get a foster child. But the the big part of that is they have you doing homework. You got this booklet that you got to keep with you. You have to turn that booklet in. It's part of like your background check. So you got to do a background check, extensive background checks. And then you also have to do this homework, which you have to answer questions in a way. If you like the question that Big Will just asked, basically, you know, you can't whoop children into foster care anyway. So how would you discipline a child? They ask you things like that. Mm. What are the ways you'll discipline a child? Gotcha. It's a different way whooping or beating their ass. <laughs> yep, so damn silly. So look here, here we got a question. Shout out to Miss Lily Wilson. So the question is, once the child was returned to her, so we're talking about the four-year-old, right? When the child was returned to her, uh, her home the second time, how long did it take before she could officially, you know, adopt her? Um. So, okay. So you go to court. In most, um, we have parishes. That's like a county. So in most parishes here, you go to court once a month for each ch- each, each child. So when she was returned to my home, it was, uh, I'm going to say November. The next month, she had a court date. When the judge found out she was back in my home, the judge immediately put her up for adoption because she didn't want to bring the child through the back and forth. And because the child had basically, she left my home for a three month period, but she had been there for six months because you have to be in the home for six months before you are even able to adopt a child. You can't just go straight into adoption. So you have, they have to be in your home for at least six months. Um, the judge immediately put her up for adoption and set the court date two months away. But then COVID hit and all that. So it was delayed, but, um, it was. It just basically. It would have took two months. Mm. Okay. Okay. Hey, Miss Ashley, it's me again, Larry. Hey, I want to uh, ask you a question about debunking some myths here, right? When we talk about fostering, we're only speaking on fostering for this topic here, and the, the incentives you might get. You know, as say, it's either you or the actual parent, because some parents get in this. Some people, I ain't gonna say parents, get in this business for the wrong reasons. And the kids can feel that. But also some of these kids, because they've been through the system so many times, they feel that the parent, they're already defensive when it comes to the parent because they feel like, oh, you're only in it because you get this check or I get this check or however. So can you talk about some of the incentives that comes with fostering children? I I like the fact that when I went to the initial meeting um, to become a foster parent, they never talked about the stipend. Really, they didn't even talk about the stipend until about the third third class but the initiatives when you decide to foster like I said you don't you only need enough income to take care of yourself from there when you get get your first foster placement each child comes with a stipend and that stipend is determined on your state your state and the child's age range so basically babies and I want to say teenagers might get the most Um, but they come with a stipend let's just say $450. $450. Part of that is for uh, a part of the utilities and stuff that they're going to be consuming up or whatever. And then the other part is they need clothes, they need toys. A certain amount of that is set aside for their allowance. Like this is built into DCFS's, you know, plan of what you do, what to do with that money. 
So, um, and food, because I mean, I don't, they don't come with food stamps or nothing like that. Only thing is, um, little babies like toddlers and infants, anybody up to three or four years old, whatever the age range is, they can get WIC. They qualify for WIC. Um, now if you are fostering a child that has like extreme needs, then that's additional funds available for that, but you have to, you have to apply for that and it has to be validated. So if you're taking care of a child that is like, um, maybe suffering from PTSD, anxiety or something like that, or ADHD, like if you have to do the, if you have to do more than is required, required of a child of this, of a similar age. So like if it's a five-year-old, and they can't eat well, and you you spend more time having to clean up behind them, or um, there's a child that may have um, ADHD or something like that, or maybe let's say sexual trauma or something like that. You have to you have to keep your eyes on them longer. Maybe I mean there's some children you you can't leave out your sight for more than 10, 10 minutes at a time. You have to keep constantly checking. So I mean if it's something that extreme or obviously some um disability you there's additional funds available but they don't give that to you right right away you have to apply for that and it has to be validated all right look could you um just let individuals know that may not understand what the dc uh dcfs means and could you explain what that is that's the department of what now so here it is department of children and family services Mm -hmm. dcfs and i think every state have like their it's a similar acronym, but it's going to be family services, children and family service, however they word it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the same people with the child support folks. Trust me. Yep. Same people with the, really, the same people child support, the same people who do um, SNAP benefits. I mean, they got their hands in everything. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, look, yeah. hey, well, look, we got another question. So from Miss Patricia, she says, how do you feel about keeping an open relationship with the foster kids, biological parents? Now, that's dope because you got to, you know, you got to deal with them in order to deal with the the children. So how does that feel? How do you do that? Okay, so in the beginning, I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that, you know, but I will say. There's only one child I have that do not have any communication with the biological parents, but definitely have all the communication with the biological siblings um, because they went into foster care together. Um, But because of the nature of why they were in foster care, I just don't do that contact with the parents. Now, I have two other kids. They definitely keep in contact with their biological uh, family. Mm -hmm. It's important. Yeah. It it's, is. I mean, it's really important. At, at some point in time, the children are going to want to know who they are, where they come from. They're going to they're gonna need um, history. They're going to need medical history. Right. There's really no need. There's no need to keep them away. And I know that's, that's people hear that and they're like, I don't want to do that. I mean, it's really up to you. You don't have to do that. That's not mandated. Now, when you when the child is in foster care, it's mandated. But I had a child that came into foster care that the judge actually cut off the parents' um, communication with the child at that point. So, and that's the one child that I don't even worry about um, letting them have a connection with the biological parents right now because the judge even seen that it was just, I mean, you also got to think about it too because another thing about it is 
if a child is going through therapy, which I've had two kids that had to go through therapy, um, it's not always a good thing. It opens up. It's like a continuous cycle of opening up a wound sometimes. Mm. You really just got to think about, is your child mentally ready or mentally prepared to keep that open line of com- communication? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Well, look, before we go, before we go, we got 10 minutes left. But what I want you to do is kind of let individuals know where you are right now and what is it that you're trying to do in your community and to how how are you trying to help out more children? Okay, so one thing that I'm doing, um, I'm doing a a coat drive for the winter. I'm trying to hurry up and get coats to all the children in foster care or a a large sum of children in foster care um, for the winter time because some kids, as soon as they come in, they just get like a small bag of items and the items, it's nothing. It's nothing. They, sometimes they walk away with nothing because they don't have anything. So I'm trying to do a cold drive so we could get kids into that. And then the next thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to secure a bigger home uh, because I want to continue to foster. I have three kids that I, I I'm just going to say three because one is on the way to be adopted. But um, I have three kids that I adopted and my home is small. So I don't have any more space. I can't even bring a kid in to just foster them. So I want, I'm trying to secure a home um, for my, for my forever baby. So I set up a GoFundMe and um, I'm just trying to secure a safe space for my kids so they can feel safe and they have something they call their own. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're willing to donate, please go to my GoFundMe and that's to donate for the, um, for us to secure a forever home. Um, if you would like to donate for the coat drive, you can hit me up on my Facebook, Ashley Davis. You can look me up. All right. Okay, cool. Well, you know what? And, and uh, no, no, look, so look, shout out to you and right. Shout out to you and, and, and everyone that's out there that's doing this, that's interested in doing this. And then, so uh, the word got around and you have a, uh, a gift. You have a gift, right? Someone wanted to donate something. So shout out to Angel Face. <laughs> right? So check this out. I am dope. Uh, you understand? So this is to you. This is for you. And so we're going to be giving, getting your uh, information a little later just to send this to you for doing such a outstanding, outstanding job. Right. And just showing our appreciation uh, for you and just being an inspiration for the kids and, and the children and even families out there that, that want to help. Right. It, because it is so, so, so much appreciated. All right. Hey, Big Larry. Big Larry, what you got, man, for your for your final word? Yes, yes. Miss Ashley, I want to say thank you for your time today. I want to say thank you for your service to this country. And I also want to say thank you for your service to the community. All right, because you are a true example of giving and caring. And it's not about you. It's about another person, another human being. So I, I salute you and I thank you. And you probably, hopefully, I'm hoping you open up eyes for others that may be on the line that, you know, do I want to do it? Do I want to want to do it? I don't know. Hopefully this show has brought that to light to like, yeah, you should do it because it's really all about the kids. They didn't ask to come into this world. They're right. here. Let's take care of them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. What you got? Well, 
I would just say thank you for taking the time out to spend with us here in the den and our pride just for being vulnerable because I know not all topics of discussion are going to be easy, but thank you for having the heart to do the right thing and for being selfless in that act. Uh, again, thank you for your service. But I say one thing you did for me is to further solidify when I go talk to these kids at these prisons, these high school, and they just off the damn chain mm -hmm. to look beyond just what we're seeing right then because there's something behind that background that we might not know, and we're not going to get it by pushing them away. we got to bring them closer to us because that's what we're here for. So keep doing what you're doing. I definitely will be donating for this coat uh, adventure, so you will be hearing from me as well. But hey, keep doing what you're doing, and thank you for coming on to the show. And shouts out to everybody listening. Absolutely. And again, ladies and gentlemen, please, 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 if you do have some time and, and, and something that you want to do, if you want to give, please go ahead, check out her GoFundMe to help her forever home for her family and for these kids, because it, it takes a lot. You dig? It takes a lot. And you know what? You always hear people say, look, how can I help? How can I help? This is how you can help. Right. Look, five dollars can go a long way. You never know what that does. So we try to pr we pride ourselves on being able to help those that's helping others, because other than that, what's the point of us even doing what we do? Right. So you're in a position where you can do that. If you're in a position where you can do that and you do want to help, I encourage you to go ahead and, and do this and just get involved. Right. Get involved. And so I wrote down, of course, my mind, if Herm was here right now, he would say that this is what I normally do. But when you said something about the wish list for the kids, I think that's something that um, that 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 we can do. Hey, Dan, what y'all think about that? Y'all think that's, that's something that, you know, we, we can do and right. Give give to the little babies. And, you, and listen, we can give. What you say? You said a little baby. There's the baby. So listen, look, check it out. Hey, I don't, hey, I don't mind. We can give, we can give them whatever. Just keep them over there, right? Where your mama at? Go to your mama. But look, ladies and gentlemen, we love y'all. Want to make sure that y'all share this. Please share this information. Share this information because this is good stuff. You never know who needs it. And so shout out to the sponsors. Oh, and by the way, y'all, go and check out Angel Face Pro. All right, check her out. She had that dope hoodie. It's not this dope, but it's dope, right? You go and check around. She got all types of things that that she uh, that she has going on. So support businesses, but not just that. Please support Miss Ashley, okay? But Miss Ashley, you got anything else you got for our, for our, uh, for our den? Is there any final words that you want to um, lay with people? I do. I want to say if you ever thought about adopting or fostering a child, definitely go. Just look into it. Um, if you if you're not sure if you want to foster, because a lot of people say they they don't want to foster because they don't want to give a child back, I encourage you to do something that's called respite uh, care. All you do is you go to the foster care classes and you become certified, but you tell them you want to do respite care. And what that is is they're going to take a child, place them in your home until they find a, a a more permanent home. So it might be two days, it might be a week. Or so it might be two weeks, and um, and your home will just basically be a liaison before they get to where they need to be. And then also, I want to say because we didn't get into that, but I also want to say, don't be afraid to foster some of these um, teenagers. I have had two teenagers in my home, and when I tell you, they are angels. They're looking for the same thing the little kids are looking for, and then they're really not as bad as you think. They're not bad at all. They're just looking for love and they're looking for stability. So don't be afraid to foster um, teenagers at all. You know, I'm glad you said that because in the back of my mind, when I'm thinking of a little uh, teenager, it's like, okay, I remember how I was. 
Ooh, my goodness. I'm like, yo, I don't want this dude. You know what I'm saying? Look, look, you look, you start getting a little peach fuzz, and all of a sudden you thugged out. Look, I got something for you. You feel me? So, but I'm glad that you kind of cleared that on out there. Never heard about that. And could you could you spell that for those individuals that don't know about that that care? And what is it called again when you can kind of get a child in? It's called Respis. I do not know how to spell it. I think it's like R E S P. We ain't gonna do that. We ain't gonna put you out there like <laughs> leave it alone. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Google. Yeah, ask Google. Look, Google knows everything and everybody. So yeah, y'all check that on out. But so have you seen individuals get good response from that? Definitely. There's one lady in my class that's that's all she wanted to do because she knew she didn't definitely have like the time she was an older lady so like you can foster up to i want to say 60 years old but i want to say 60 is the cutoff where they don't allow you to adopt because you are older but um you can foster adopt up to 60 and then from there you could just foster and i think she was over that age range where she could adopt so she was like well i just do respite care i'll help them so also respite respite care is if a foster family had needs a break a respite care person will take on the foster child for, like if the family if a husband and wife want to go on a vacation they can send the foster child to a respite care until they come back okay so so it's like a in-house babysitter or but, but like a babysitter for okay all right good so it's like a kennel for the kids that's what it sounds like oh okay all right well that's dope but well, listen ma'am we want to thank you for being on you know what i mean yes 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 so, yes, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure you share this information. You never know who it's going to help and how you can help them on out. But until next time, hey, yeah, Matt, shut up. Herm, see, look at him. See, he woke up. Yeah, I did. Hey, some of them need him. You know what I'm talking about? But listen, <laughs> look, we love the kids, though. All jokes aside. And again, Ashley, thank you for what you've done. And I'm very, very excited about your future and what you're going to do. Okay. So hey, all right. So listen. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all take it easy, keep it greasy, and we will see y'all soon. Later. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com. A manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.